Hey, this is Comic Picks by the Glick. Yeah, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, John. Yourself? I'm doing great. Uh, this is the first time that we're actually putting a stream onto your YouTube channel, and we're also going to make it available uh, you know, through your regular uh, podcast for audio download. So this is pretty exciting stuff, man. This is good stuff. Yeah, more than one source, living in the future. Mm -hmm. Yep. So what do you have on tap for us tonight? Well, I guess it's an appropriately futuristic story, or it would like to think of itself as a futuristic story. And I'm talking about um, Dan Slott's run on Iron Man. Now, um, when he started on this on this series a couple of years back, this is at the same this is after he had wrapped up his um decade-long run on Spider-Man, which had some some highs, some lows, but was I really enjoyed once I got into it like in over the course of the superior Spider-Man portion of its run. It's basically like, you know, it's like as a run where it, you took a look, it took a lot of the familiar conventions of Spider-Man and just thought like, well, how can we do things um, differently? And I really enjoyed like um, slots work on this series in the sense that like, he, it kind of established him as like someone who can like take a familiar character and look at, look, look at him and then find a way to do things, you know, in a different, in a different fashion. And so when, when he finally wrapped up um, his run, it's like like a couple of years ago, and he and it was announced that he was going to work on both um, Iron Man and the Fantastic Four. I thought, well, yeah, I'm obviously going to start like buying like these vo these volumes like on a more regular basis now. So um, flash forward to the present day, and well, I don't know. It's like I can't say that I've been um, as wowed by his work on either series as i've as i have been on um as i was on his during his amazing spider-man run and um but with um iron man in particular um well it's like i i started like as as things as time went on it's like i got i still got this feeling that you know it's like well it's it's not really like offering a whole lot like due to the series and in fact a lot of it does feel kind of kind of conventional it's like and um it's like and it, it and um I probably wasn't probably the only person who felt that because after um like five volumes slot has now wrapped up his like his take on the armored avenger and is now focusing on um fantastic four um like full time so but um like did did something go wrong well i don't know it's like slot had definitely had ideas for what he wanted to do with iron man but i can't say that they were entirely um like a full like i'm um, pulled off like in a in a really satisfying way um rereading it though i will admit that um it's like one thing that struck me though is that 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 he and his co-writers um jeremy whitley at first then jib zub and then his um longtime amazing co-writer um christos gage um were were really committed to like um like throwing you like a thrill a minute version of the character it's like in the sense of, like there was so like all sorts of action was happening at a really rapid clip like over the course of this the series and that was evident from the start where um it's like in the first volume um iron man um self-made man where it's a, like i'm tony um working at start like i'm sitting up stark unlimited and getting one of the one of his old um like um one of his old rivals um andy bang to get him get him on board with this with this with this new startup and i'm um, just like throwing throwing him like at, at like, a mile a minute um like showcase of what's going on at this place like from 
like from showcasing new like new places for robots it's like especially the ais like um like your like your costa um and also the uh it's like the uh it's like the scientist um it's like who has turned it's like who has turned himself into it's like into a cat which is quite which is quite fun and um it's like and then um thing thing foom comes in attacks on the first issue it's like it's a uh like i said this it's something that like you know start starts out at like a mile a minute pace and then never lets up over the course course of its first of the first volume and then the second which um it's like which dives into um like the big like the big showcase um piece for stark stark unlimited which is um the, the escape basically a uh like a like a consumer grade um vr um it's like um vr setup for everyone and well it's like wouldn't you know it that um as soon as like um stark starts rolling this out um someone one of his people from his rogues gallery the collect the controller um start um starts messing with the people inside and and um tries to um like start start um siphoning their uh, mind energy for his for his own benefit and also just turning like I'm turning them, turning their um their fictional adventures loose in the real world. So basically, you got people like who are just like you know willing to shoot up everyone just for kicks. Now doing it in like in the in the real world as well. But at the same time, though, um Tony is also um like set set things up so that um his the memory engrams of his parents have also um found find a way to live on in there. And well, his mother is um like being a little bit more overbearing than that like then you'd expect i'm trying to like give give what she believes is her is doing the right thing for her son and it turns out to just be like like trying to like draw him into a uh it's like like to a consequence for your life and including one where he starts drinking again yes that's right two two volumes into like like two slots running like we're already like like i'm hitting that um like tony stark is hitting the bottle again which you know it's like you kind of think like okay I realize this is the key portion part of his character, but you know, couldn't you just wait just a little bit longer to try and try and pull that particular plot point in. But um, but even then, it's like it's still probably a bit more solid than compared to what um Slot's main idea for the character is, because prior to this point, um, Tony had um, Tony had been was dead. He'd been punched in the chest by um Captain Marvel in um Civil War Two, and you know. Just like, but you know how death is in the Marvel universe. It's a revolving door. And in Tony's case, like he like his body had been cloned and he had been dumped and his um mind had been um redownloaded into this body. But at the same time, though, well, Tony is concerned that, well, you know, like if I'm like an artificial like um like personality living in an artificial in like an artificial body, am I it's like um like am I really human at all? Am I the real Tony Stark? Well, Speaking as a, a biological simulation of Jason Glick, who's been living on in his biological body for like, like around four decades now, this is kind of dumb. It's like I just I mean, like the idea that you know Tony like is like feeling that oh I'm not quite Tony Stark. Like you know like these these things that been like that I've been gone through just make me not me anymore. Well, it it's it feels kind of silly because like you know like it's basically like a, a storyline where the character doesn't quite believe in who they are and um it's and we all know how that 
how that kind of storyline is going to end. It's going to basically end with them realizing that, oh, wait. It's like, no, I really am the person I was all along. I just needed to believe in me. I, it's like, I needed to have faith in myself. I needed to believe in the heart of the cards. You know how it is. And, well, it's like, as far as how that actually turned out, I'll get to it in a second. But um, the but the first two volumes um, did a good job of, like, giving us a, a lots of um, rapid-fire action. Um, it's like some interesting subplots in terms of, like, um, it's like Machine Man's um, fight, fight for cybernetic rights, Jocasta's. Um, like drive to like you know find a way to like assimilate or not really assimilate but assimilate slash integrate with um human with human life and um it, even though like there are some parts that were like really heavy-handed metaphors because slot um is basically like I'm treating like machine rights as an analog for um human rights and um it's if you think like well it's like you know are we like is there going to be a lot of like like reinsertion of like like famous human rights so slogans in terms of machines. It's like if you're gonna like have a uh, robot trip with a protest saying, "Yes, I do dream of electric sheep." Well, yes, that's exactly what you'd see here. It's it's pretty heavy-handed, and while the sentiment behind it is nice, it's um like I said, the heavy-handedness does just kind of provide a, a very like large distraction from the uh, larger points that Slot is trying to make with this with this analog over the course course of his run. Overall, it's like I mean, it's a lot of these stories like kind of play out like like as you'd expect, and um, it's like and that's fine. I mean, it's solid superhero stuff, but it's not really kind of like exciting. It doesn't have like like the same kind of like like um situation in situations in um where compared to like slots um amazing Spider-Man run where you just got the feeling like where he looked like oh this is how like you know, like Spider-Man story should go, what can I do to like, um, flip it around? You never really got that sense. That's that, that's what he was doing with, um, it's like with Iron Man, maybe you too distracted in terms of working, working on fantastic four at the very same time. But you know, this is, this is the end result right here. And it's, and like I said, it results in a series. that's not bad, but never feels like as good as it, it's like as good as it could be really. And you know, that extends to um the like the next volume, which was like a tie into War of the Realms, which only had like three proper issues of of the series, two of which were written by Gail Simone, and she had the uh, the dragon Saudrang, who like um thirsts for gold, um like take on um be lured to um like the Marvel universe by um by Malekith. It's like and he's gonna take on um Iron Man. It's like it's it's kind of a fluff storyline. You know, in terms of like you know, watching Iron Man like fight fight a dragon, it's like it's still, you know, still not bad. It's like in terms of like you know, like like tie-in, it's like um, event tie-in stories. It's pretty pretty decent. And Paolo Paolo Villanelli draw draws the hell out of it. And then there's the uh, like the one proper issue of the series that falls, which basically has um Iron Man trying to um wipe away his problems by um, it's like by deleting his memories of the last last couple of weeks, and well. That doesn't go well because um the spy master gets his hands on the um data drive with Iron Man with his memories and then all hell breaks loose. It's a good time. But um one thing I haven't mentioned throughout all this is the fact that one of the uh, is is that um Slot also does make make good use of um, one of the characters that was introduced in Kieran Gylan's run, which was um Arno Stark. Arno Stark is um Tony's brother and um the original Iron Man twenty. 2020 
And um, it's like, so it was interesting to see him trying them, um, like try and reintegrate like the character into this series. But he's also done in a way in the sense that that basically positions um, Arno as being the actual biological son of um, Howard and Maria Stark, whereas um, Tony was actually the adopted um, son of of these two characters. So he's kind of like so Tony is basically like more like Marvel's answer to Steve Jobs, like in that like in that regard. Now, Arno was kind of shoved to the side during um, like on um, Bendis's run after um, Guyland introduced him. But then, um, like, but then Slot decided to um, like, pick him up, and well, like the vibes you got from the first two volumes <clears throat> were kind of sinister, in the sense that um, Arno is just like going around the world trying to find out what he wants to do, but he's also just kind of like, but he's, but he's also like maybe maybe a little resentful of what, what was done to him, and he wants to like try and prove that he that uh, that 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 there's that there's worth to him that you know like he was. That, that he was kept alive for a reason that he that he triumphed over his over his disease like for like for a reason and um well it's like yet there's like lots of super villainy vibes over these first couple volumes and extends into the fourth volume which is um the ultron agenda where one of the big bads of avengers villainy comes knocking and yes he's still um, merged with um his creator um hank pym and well, now he's, and now, um, but Ultron's also realized that, hey, you know what, now I want everyone to be like me, and I'm here, and so I want to, uh, so he, his big thing now is, like, he wants to, like, find a way to merge human and machine life, you know, start, starting with, with Dirk Costa. Well, actually, starting with um, Wonder Man and the Vision, because they're, they've, most of their brains are kind of, like, based on the same, based, come from this, come from the same source. So, it's, like, it's kind of, like, it's a nightmare um, it's like of like techno techno organic organic merging to the point where like um like uh, like Tony Stark gets um, merged gets merged as well, and he's got to find a way to um deal deal with this. It's like and overall, it's like it's a it's like it's a it's like a pretty it's a decent story, but at the same time, it's still like furthering that trying to drive home the idea that you know Tony Stark believe that he's not. You know, it's like a uh, a proper a proper um being that you know he's not the real Tony Stark and all. It's like and that core idea just like I said, it, it doesn't get any traction here. It even if they um slot like and his artists like from regular artist Valerio Shitty to um like Francesco Mana and like the other artists working on on here. It's like they do they do the best they can with it, but um even if like the you know the core idea is just like you know Iron Man and his supporting cast versus Ultron and you know it still maintains that level of high energy in action that has been typical of the series to this point it's still um like it's still like weighed down by this you know like lack of confidence that's key to like like thoughts I mean idea of like Iron Man you know like of um Tony Stark not believing that he's the real Tony Stark and it's and it's kind of frustrating and it kind of and it leads into a, a very um predictable and down and downbeat um finale where where tony like is where tony's like lack of faith in his like own humanity is um seized upon by by his enemies to force him out at um stark unlimited to um it's like to have um to have it to have his, his assets seized by those at bane tronics like by um evil um that's 
the company that's being run by his like evil evil rival Sun Sunset Bane, who's working with his brother um, Arno, in order to like seize, in order to like um you know take like just become like you know the number one like um robotics like slash and weapons manufacturer around. So that's kind of where we are, like when it comes to um this final storyline, Iron Iron Man twenty twenty. So it's so like yeah you may remember that I mentioned that there's a um there's a story called Iron Man 2020 that was written back in the mid eighties, like in the sense that, Hey, you know, this is like one of those far off eras that we'll never see. And well, here we are. And so you've got Arno Stark, who is the Iron Man, who is the Iron Man of that series, who is um, now the, uh, like who's now the Iron Man in 2020. And it's his job to try and like save us all from this like extinction entity that he believes is coming um, to kill us all, which I believe is a, um, is a, is a uh, is a dangling plot point um, from from Kieran Gallen's run, but not quite as as the series kind of much points out. Now, I do want to um, digress a bit, talk about the fact that you know the making of this series was actually covered in the recent in one of the episodes of um of the Marvel Six One Six series on um, Disney Plus, which is basically a uh, a, a um, eight part series so far about the. Uh, the creators um, behind like um, a lot of the stuff that um, like, like a lot of the Marvel uh, material, like basically like the creators and the fans, I can just, you know, like, like, like the, uh, I said the, um, the creative impulses that kind of like make, make Marvel great. It's like, and I've heard good things about the series, but I um, made a specific effort to watch um, episode seven, which was called the Marvel method. And it was specifically about, Dan Slott's efforts to write the first issue of Iron Man 2020, which, as I'm looking at this, looking at that episode, I can see that it was um, basically kind of intended as a, uh, you know, like how how is the sausage made to people who aren't you know too familiar with comic books, and uh, and look at like you know the things that can go wrong like in terms of making it, you know, in the sense that you know like Dan like Slott talked about his, his struggles with writer's block for this. Like for like for this episode for this specific issue, and and just how like you know like time how it starts with like you know twelve weeks series starts with like twelve weeks to go to print, and um and we and like we're int- introduced like you know slot like talking about his problems with like his editor um Tom Bervut, and then um his how he makes how he's making the issue come together with um artist um Pete Woods, and just how like you know as time gets tighter well then you bring in um like his his regular co-writer um christos cage to help dialogue the issue and especially that you know slot is one of the the, the main guys who one of the few guys working at marvel today please in the marvel method of script writing which is basically he gives like a um, general description of the issue to the artist the artist then illustrates it and then the writer comes back and dialogues it all in so now it's like I can understand, like okay, you know, this is kind of like how how like how things work, and like you know, everyone's creative process is, is different, and writer's block is no joke, and like you know, be like seeing like slots, you know, struggles with like writing, it's like, well, it's like I can understand that, just like the distractions, the feelings that you know, like I don't have to do this right now. It's like there's oh, like there's there's other stuff I could like look at as well. It's like that kind of that kind of thing. I mean, it makes sense to me. But at the same time, like I understand, there's the, there's a lot of blowback online for understanding. You know, why does Slot, you know, get this kind of like le- leeway? What kind of how how does he get this kind of privilege? Like, you know, why does like he get like another 
like creator to come in and um and dialogue his um it's like like his work when he can't hack the deadlines so yeah i i get that it's like i uh yeah, it's like i can i can see the the issues with it i mean i, I can't say like it kind of like kind of ruins my impression of him because you know it's like hey it's like you know every everyone's different but i can understand you know it's like why like people have like a, a definitely a negative impression of the writer it's like you know like following this uh like this this issue following this episode as for the series itself well i would just i want to say that you know i i read i didn't buy the uh final volume i uh i read it through marvel unlimited because you know it's like like i said i think that the series has been fine up to this point i mean it's like it's like I said, it's got energy it just doesn't have a lot of like surprise or like or innovation in the sense that you know like hey it's like a pretty perfectly standard iron man run that's told but told decently well but no big surprises and you know like the idea that hey you know oh tony stark's lost everything and now Sam's so got to deal with like, you know, his brother who has taken over his company. It's like, yeah, it's like, this, this seems, um, seems like pretty, it seems all pretty standard issue as for, as like as for 2020, Iron Man 2020 itself. Well, it starts off with, um, Arno Stark visualizing the, uh, like the extinction entity threat that has come to, um, that that's coming for him, but you know, he doesn't have time to, uh, to, like dwell on this nightmare he's got to um go out and be iron man because now he's running the um the god killer armor that that tony stark um dreamt up in um like in volume two and like he's also like fighting against the uh, robots who are like like who are rebelling at every step because because they're their cries for uh like for freedom and free rights it's like i uh, haven't like haven't been recognized and um it's like an errant Aaron Stack, the machine man, well, he's running things. He he's running things in part from the uh like from the background. And um this and this first issue is basically there to set up all the like the big fight between um the humans and the machines, including, and this is the big reveal from from issue one, that um Tony Stark, um now calling himself Mark One, believes himself to be part firmly on the machine side, because he's more of a uh, artificial human. Than anything else, which, yeah, you can imagine how I felt felt about that, and it's like, and the, uh, and for the most part, you know, the majority of this, like, like, like of this miniseries is given over to the um, to the fight bet between the machine, the machines, and it's like and Arno Stark's um, plan, and Stark um, and Arno becomes like more and more. Um, selfish more means justify the ends he like as things go on and since that you know after a point he realizes that oh no it's like it was like trying to trying to uh it's like trying to control the machines was like wasn't the right right way to go for this i need to control the uh, the humans in order to control the machines as well and he and you can imagine how that goes i mean like like to uh to introduce like um like a character like like arno it's like and just basically eventually have him like you know basically trying to be like like a villain like even one who was you know mis more misguided than outright villainous just feels like like a lack of imagination for lack of a return like me like this is this is the best you could think to do with this character to have him turn turn into a villain for this for the storyline okay 
And um, it's like, and but and also, like, you can imagine, like, as far as like this whole big extinction entity threat. Well, you can probably imagine how things are going to turn out. Like, if majority of the uh, like of the conflict in this volume, uh, in this whole storyline, is given over between um the fight between um Arno and Tony. Oh, and as far as um you know, Tony eventually having to uh, Tony Tony's crisis about being an artificial um human. Well, that that um spiel I gave earlier about you know Tony just not believing in himself and not believing in the heart of the cards. Well, that turns out to be the core of it. It's like so overall, it's like. Eh, I don't know. It's like the uh, slots run just didn't really add a whole lot. Um, it's like two, like two Iron Man overall. In fact, it kind of like took away. Um, it's like stuff from it as well, just in the sense that it's like that. Well, Arno's no longer part of it. Like his, like Tony's um engrams of his parents. It's like have been, have been written out as well. I mean, Tony's got like a nice fancy suit of holographic armor. Which I think is cool, but well, we'll see if um Christopher Cantwell um like actually acknowledges this like in like in, in his run like which is like picking up which which is um he's taking over the series after now that um slot is done, and overall it's like I don't know it's like it's Dan Slot's Iron Man wasn't bad, but in terms of just like like uh, taking like a familiar Marvel character. Looking at his like familiar um, like uh, conventions and um, like giving us like a new take on it, or just like or just like um, leapfrogging around the uh, like like the kind of like expected what you'd expect from like from these stories like they were being told. I didn't get that, and and so I, I guess in the end, it's like I'm probably going to just um, take take the uh, four volumes of his run that I did buy. And just move them onto my shelf that's to be sold over over at Book Off. Because well, not only do I have access to them like over at like through um, Marvel Unlimited, but you know, hey, you know, my shelf space is um like is precious and like any and any chance I need and I have in order to uh it's like in order to, uh, to uh, get more of it, well I've I've got to take it and just well um that like I'm getting rid of these um four volumes. Well, like that's that's something I I gotta do. It's like it sounds like I'm it's like a bad like a painful thing I'm doing, but eh, it's it's not it's not it's not really. It's like I mean I've still got I've still got access to these like these issues. So if I ever do feel the urge to read them, which I probably won't, like you know they're, they're still there. So overall, I think you know slots run is fine. I mean it's probably the it's probably something that, that I would have really enjoyed um, had I read it like much earlier in my comics comics reading career. But these days, when I I kind of want um, to see someone like like have like a like a really firm long term plan for for a series, or just find a way to like show me a take on the character that I haven't seen before, or like you know like jump around convention like in a way that you know like that that's unexpected for me. Well. It didn't deliver, so, so there you go. I mean, Dan slots, Dan slots around Iron Man, not bad, but not as good as it should have been. And there you go. So, uh, John, any uh, thoughts on you're in about any of this? Oh, I'm just. Uh, is there a Iron Man that you would recommend? Ooh, good question. Um, 
Well, it's like, I mean, there's always that classic um, volume from David Mickel, the classic volumes from David Michelinie, um, Demon in a Bottle and um, Iron Wars, back from the tale from the 70s and 80s. Um, I do definitely have a soft spot for Matt Fraction and Salvador LaRocca's run, mainly because, well, they told some good stories. They also drove the series into a ditch at one point which i thought like you know by all rights i should have stopped reading after they got to um uh the uh, dr octopus hands iron man his ass story in unfixable but then they actually managed to um dra um drag the character out of that out of that ditch which was kind of impressive and it's something that you really don't see often in in comics so it's like that's so there's that and also um kieran guyland's um run which came after which you know, was was fine, and like also set up as I mentioned, it set up um some of what um slot was doing here, but at the same time wasn't quite on the same level as what I've seen from from Gallen doing elsewhere. But you know, it's like hey, um I guess like if if you're looking for a for really good like contain self-contained Iron Man story that doesn't involve the series being driven into a ditch, um get the first four volumes of um Salvador Larocca and uh, Matt Fraction's run, which JC tell a nice story of of iron man like you know it's like trying like trying to do trying to do the right thing but also being hounded by um norman osborne when he was running his um not shield um hammer initiative as well that was that was good times all right cool well um do you know what you're going to be talking about next time uh it's either going to be like um i'll see if i can i'm going to try and see if i can like find to get put together a round table for my thoughts on chainsaw man or <coughs> I might be doing talking about um, Marvel's latest um, event series, um, Empire. More probably more like the Empire, but we'll see how that goes. I yep. got I got some phone calls to make. Yep. Well, and you know, we're almost to the end of the year. And and by God, we're glad to be done with it. And you know what that means, though, that uh, your uh, your best of podcast will be coming <laughs> up soon, right? This is true. Yeah, it's like oh man, it's like I got to start thinking about that. Jeez. Yep. Just kind of reminding you there. So, all right, we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right, laters.